Hello and welcome to Stump Death and Taxes and this week I'm actually going to be talking about death and taxes. No, not about the death tax or estate taxes, but kind of about tax policy in general and how COVID and excess deaths in general have not really fixed the entitlement problem in the United States. I don't want to get too deep into the demographic issue, but there was an article in the Financial Times recently that was talking about, and Financial Times is based out of the United Kingdom. So this is going to be talking about, you know, a lot of different developed nations. Now they saw, saw a little mini baby bust in the lockdowns of COVID. You know, a lot of people were staying apart who didn't live together. And even those that did live together kind of, you know, backed off having babies during the lockdown. You know, people were positing that uh, people might have been getting busy when they didn't have anything else to do. But, you know, people can control themselves. And more importantly, they can control whether or not babies come of the matter. And, uh, you know, during a time of uncertainty, they didn't have babies. Even before very reliable birth control, back in the Great Depression, there was a baby bust. Um, and we've seen this time and again, even before there were reliable ways to have more or fewer babies, people managed, <laughs> people managed to control it somewhat, um, from the, some very, very obvious ways. In any case, well, so there were fewer babies and then now things have lightened up a bit. And there's a little bit of a baby boom in some places, but it will be pretty short-lived. And this is actually what happened at the end of World War II. There was a very tiny baby boom in 1946. <laughs> it was the pent-up demand is what I called it, because a lot of men were missing during the war for obvious reasons, or younger men were missing. And when they came back, a bunch of people got busy and but that wasn't the real big demographic baby boom when we think of that big pig in a python from a demographic standpoint that actually peaked in the late 1950s now if you talk about fertility rates and yada yada this is just like with death rates it's not just a matter of rates it's also how many people are around of the correct age to be having babies and again, as I said, I'm not going to go down all the myriad paths to show you how it comes together. But in the United States, the peak number of births occurred during the baby boom around 1957 or 1958. And you may be thinking, well, that's, that sounds kind of late in the baby boom. And it is kind of late. That's when Gen X, so they defined baby boom usually 1946 to 19, and it depends. Sometimes they say 1961, 1964, depending on, you know, what years they want to say. And then they start saying Gen X, or they used to call us the baby bust before whoever came up with Gen X. Um, in any case, because of course the fertility rates and specifically the number of kids getting born 
really plummeted. I wasn't in the trough. I was born in 1974. I think the trough was like 1977 or 1978. So that gives you an idea. So those of us in like our 40s and 50s, there's a lot fewer of us than the boomers were at this age, though there's actually more of us than the boomers because the boomers are dying, but they're not dying fast enough. And what I mean by that is a lot of promises have been made in the form of Social Security, public pensions, private pensions, um, even Medicaid covers uh, nursing home care. A lot of different things have been promised to people in retirement. The 1958, we'll just stick with 1958, that cohort turned 60 years old when? In 2018. So they are turning 65 in 2023. I want you to think about that for a moment and what that means as they're Medicare eligible in 2023. So I want you to think about all of these trends. The boomers were born of generations and we had, yes, we had immigration coming in. We had families that were a lot larger than they are now, but also families where the kids were born when the parents were at a lot younger age. And then of course, people died a lot younger. They did not stick around in retirement as long as they do now. What's interesting is before social security, people tended to work a lot longer to a lot older ages than they do now. Um, and especially men, I should say. Uh, men do tend to drop dead after they stop working. Um, there is a well-known phenomenon uh, where men are have a heightened mortality rate within that first year after retirement. Now, some of it can be a lot of people are forced into retirement due to health problems. They didn't have a choice. Their own health situation forced them into retirement. So you do need to be careful when you look at some of these studies where they say, oh, you know, there's a heightened risk of death after retirement. Well, you need to see if they control for whether it was a free choice to retire or ill health forced somebody into retirement. Because if you don't control for that, you may just be detecting a correlation that people who retire early are more likely to have been in ill health. And that's why they retired early. In any case, um, the reason they were able to support a lot of those promises that were not funded, especially Social Security, so that greatest generation, is they had enough kids that could pay for it, and there was more than enough payroll taxes to not only pay for those Social Security benefits and Medicare benefits, but there was so much money left over, it went into spending right then, and that's why there was a Social Security trust fund because they had to keep an accounting for the money that didn't go into Social Security benefits that were paid right then, okay? 
Um, let's not go into the reality of the trust fund. It's just an accounting. It's an accounting to keep track of the money that was taxed in olden days of the boomers, for example, and then it was spent on non-social security things. Fine. Well, the boomers are retiring and we're having the peak of the boomers who are retiring. The normal retirement age for that group is at age 66, if I remember correctly, and then it's going to be transitioning to 67 for my generation, which is fine by me. A lot of people retire before that full retirement age for Social Security. And most, if I remember correctly, so that age of eligibility is still 62. You do get a reduction on your Social Security-based benefit if you retire before your full retirement age. Um, but I believe most people are retired by age 65 and, I mean, taking their Social Security benefit uh, because, you know, they'll start taking Medicare and yada yada. Uh, though we have seen more and more people uh, working uh, past age 65 in the U.S. And some of that can be economic insecurity. Some of that can be jobs that are easier for older people to do. Um, so <laughs> I'm not even 50 years old yet. <laughs> I have a lot of health problems of just sitting in front of a computer. I have a lot of nerve pain. And yeah, it, I have to, I have trouble. I'm going to tell you, I have trouble sometimes. And I can see people just not being able, you have sciatica, you have lumbago, you have all sorts of neck and back pain. You gotta, you can't even do computer work. But this is a lot less strenuous than having to work on a farm. This is a lot less strenuous than, you know, lifting boxes or digging ditches or anything like that. This is not that difficult of a job uh, physically. So theoretically, at least as long as my brain works, I could continue to do this job. Um, I just happen to have all sorts of other problems in any case. I would have much worse problems if I had a more uh, physically taxing job. So I will admit that. Any case, moving on. So the problem is, of course, the demographic pig and a python. We have the boomers, but even if we didn't have that big baby boom, people are living longer and they're having fewer children. In countries like South Korea and Japan, we're already seeing the population shrink uh, in terms of more people are dying than being born. And that's the death part. With COVID, yes, we saw the overall deaths go up. Most of the extra deaths in number came from the oldest age groups. Now, it wasn't a large percentage increase for those age groups, and that's why it's not really a lot of a savings when we look at projected um, benefits. Um, and again, it's mainly the oldest, and so maybe one year's worth of savings, and it only pushes us back a few years. Uh, the other issue is if this excess mortality is only for like these two years or maybe five years, however long it is, it 
only reduces the benefits for those few years. And then we still have that extra longevity going forward. We still have a problem of having sustainable retirement benefits for Social Security, for retiree health care and Medicare. It's still an issue with the baby boomers. It, you know, we have fewer than 1 million COVID deaths, and not all of those were seniors. Um, and yes, some working age people were killed off by COVID. You know, it's a problem. I haven't really dug into some of the new demographic projections of late, but if we don't have, I don't think anyone should be looking to extra mortality as some kind of saving, some kind of solution to the inherent structural problem we have with over-promising benefits. Also, people look, oh, inflation. No, inflation isn't going to save us either because Social Security benefits are inflation-adjusted. So inflation is not going to help us either. Um, this is still a problem where the Social Security Trust Fund is going to run out in its accounting on paper. It's already a problem well before we run out of the Social Security on paper because these are cash flows going out. That means that's money not available for other expenditures. All this money is fungible. People don't don't include um, some of these numbers in showing the federal budget flows. Um, you know, they look at all of what they call the discretionary budget. Well, no, 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 no. It's all discretionary. Congress could go in and wipe out Social Security entirely. Now, they're not going to because that would be politically disastrous. Okay, they're not going to do that. Um, they're not even going to let it do the 25% haircut that uh, is currently written into law. It's not going to happen. That said, it's a problem that it's, you should look at it from the entire cash flows. Don't just sequester Medicare and uh, Social Security cash flows and then just look at what's left. These are a huge amount of the federal budget and just saying, oh, well, those are non-discretionary. Oh, they are absolutely discretionary. They're just on rails. The Congress doesn't have to approve them until the Social Security Trust Fund runs out. That's, that's the only thing. It's like they don't have to approve it every year. That's the only difference. So that's death and taxes. <laughs> and if they are hoping uh, an even worse pandemic is going to save their hash, oh, yeah, that is not going to save them either. Especially given the ages a lot of the top con Congress people are. <sighs> so that's been Stump, Death and Taxes. And hopefully next week. We'll pick one of the two and not both of them together. Enjoy! Enjoy.